And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 112 today, The Reality Revolution with Brian Scott. Um, you can check out Brian's uh, upcoming book and links to all of his stuff below. I have the links down below the uh, video. And uh, check us out at Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. For $2 a month, you'll get some exclusive content uh, and interviews. And check out our website, uh, Mike and Maurice's mindescape.com. And uh, if you're watching this right now, please hit the subscribe button with the bell notification. And if you're listening on iTunes or an audio platform, uh, please give us a nice review. And uh, what's going on, Brian? Thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Doing great. So last time we had you on, uh, I, I when I was um, editing it for the audio, when I uploaded to all the audio platforms, I listened to it a little bit. I'm like, man, I sound really skeptical, um, and I tried to like think about because you know I, I kind of think about <laughs> I kind of think about these things in in terms of similar to what you do in some regard, um, right? And some of the stuff you do on your channel. But I think what goes on in my mind when these things happen is I have to play like advocate to like whatever the other side is doing on our for whatever reason. So if we have somebody right. that's talking what what some would consider woo woo, I feel like I have to counter that, even though I believe in some of that stuff. And then on the other end of things, when somebody's so skeptical, I feel like I have to counterbalance that by bringing a little bit of the woo into it. So I get I get that one hundred percent. I appreciate it your reluctance um, and, and skepticism, I think that we need that. A lot of times the discussion like that one, people are so um, quick to, to grasp onto it without questioning it. So, Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I get that. Um, I'm very much like you. I'm the skeptic. I'm an old debater, though, so I appreciate having the devil's advocate. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I just <laughs> I wanted to point that out because I didn't want to well, I didn't want you to think that I was intentionally being like adversarial because that's not no, no, really my nature. Don't worry about that. But I do feel like our show is predicated on this fact of like let's get all the information out there so people can yeah. decide whether this stuff is you know woo woo to them or if it's legit or there's maybe some grain of truth in there. So I, yeah, question everything. Yeah. So I, I just. Uh, right. Again, I just wanted to point that out, though, before we get into this. But uh, you have a new book coming out called The uh, Reality you. Revolution, which is also the name of your podcast and your uh, channel and everything. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, the inspiration for the book and then a little bit of a background of what, what's in the book? I just started reading it. You sent me a copy. So I'm, I just started that yesterday. It kind of uh, outlines uh, a spiritual journey for me. Uh, I had a crazy event happen, and I started to really question my own reality, my own sanity. I started to have some things happen. I thought, you know, maybe I've gone insane or have some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, so I started studying and analyzing, you know, physics and found ways to explore parallel realities in a way that could uh, enable or empower people. Uh, to, to achieve their goals, find love, happiness, prosperity. Uh, and, and as a result, I, you know, the, the purpose of the book is really to share what I had found and, and my journey so that it could help other people out something similar. So uh, 
it, it's uh, <clears throat> just we just I just got everything from reality transurfing to law of attraction uh, and meditative techniques and and exercises along that path. So, why don't you describe for people who are listening that don't know what it is? What what, what is transurfing? Yeah, well, th- this is a fun conversation, and if you haven't been exposed to it, it's something that you might find interesting. Uh, the, it's all, the mystery around it is also pretty interesting, but there's this book. It's one book. It's been gathered up as one book, uh, and uh, it's published by uh, by a, an obscure company called Reality Transurfing Steps 1 through 5. It's written by a Vadim Zeeland. He looks like a, like a New Age Roy Orbison. When, mm. when he, <laughs> Perfect. Sure. I can picture he that already. <laughs> longer hair version. He's but he does an interview. Okay. You'll only see him in the corner with some sunglasses on. Like he doesn't want people to know who he is. Part of that is his. I think it works. The the, the, the mystery of it. Um, he's an old physicist, and he had written this book as a scientist. He wanted to describe reality creation as a scientist moving along from as a, from a physicist perspective. Um, if there is parallel realities, assuming that it's both either information or real, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, using this understanding of realities existing and the fact that that the information of other parallel realities could exist, or in real terms, or in information, can we use this as a way of maneuvering towards our goals faster and easier? He started experimenting with intention and actions. And really, if you were to sit down like a video gamer and and, and game out what the law of attraction means, if thoughts become things, if thoughts create reality, then there's some other implications that a lot of these uh, metaphysical teachers are not considering. He could add some stuff to the model of reality creation that uh, makes it much more effective. For instance... If you, if the three of us right now think the same thought, um, he, he, um, his model proposes the idea that it creates an ener- energy entity, maybe conscious, maybe not. He says he doesn't know. He, he thinks possibly the larger they get, they get somewhat conscious. But these, these energy entities, good example is politics. Everybody's thinking about this one thing. Everybody's talking about this one idea. It could be viruses. It could be whatever. It becomes this energy entity that even if you oppose it, you're giving its energy. Sure. And so these these we're, we're, we're walking like in this sea of pendulums that are pulling our energy and have their own intentions. Hey, why don't you come over and get a job with me? I want your energy, right? So he, he uh, kind of talks about maneuvering through these energies that you're maneuvering through. Um, and another really interesting aspect when you bring in physics, he's, he brings in the idea of balancing forces. Mm. Um, as for many people, if you, uh, if you really badly want something so bad, please, please, please. I want this so bad. You create these balancing forces. The opposite tends to happen. Um, if, uh, like in a, like in a negative way. So if you want it that bad, maybe, it, the more, the worse that you want it. If you create a desire and put put it up on a pedestal and say, "I want this thing so bad," the opposite tends to come about. There's balancing forces. Hmm. Um, when what when when you look at water, um, and 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 water flows, it's going to naturally level out, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, 
So the energies that we're talking about always are looking for balance. It's just the nature of um, nature always is looking for balance. Sure. And it's always looking for balance with thought energy as well uh, on, on some little, it's always looking for balance. There's always excess potential. When you stand on the ledge of a building, even though, um, you have total control, there's excess potential. If you take that next step that you're going to go down. So that excess potential energy is going to push, makes you step back from the ledge, right? Right. There's excess potential energies that are involved in how you're maneuvering through these realities that are, um, that are also affected. He's bringing some other stuff into, um, and then he explores an idea in reality transurfing. It's a, it's a 900 page book. So I'm trying to summarize it. Right. <laughs> and That's so it, it, it is right. Um, so I'm trying to give you the, 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 the big ones, but he explores an idea, which is consistent with a lot of others of something called the space of variations or this alternative space. And it's, if I walk outside my door I have a million choices of things that can do, and there's an information field of all the consequences of each of those actions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it, um, what's what he is arguing is that the heart, the subconscious heart, is connected to that information field. And so it knows a lot of what's happening. It doesn't communicate to you through words. It, you get feelings, Right. Mm -hmm. So it knows in the information field, if I if I go down the street, I might meet a business partner and might have a business. Um, So uh, if we connect our heart and mind, if I have a goal and my heart says, oh, that sounds great. I know of this whole sector in the in the information field uh, that can guide you and you start to follow your heart and mind. You maneuver through these energies. You see success. The big thing about transurfing is not the theory is that there's a ton of people that have started to apply it. It's all about, okay, don't, and, and he's saying the same, don't believe me. This is not theory. I'm not making a philosophy for you. Go out and apply these techniques. And if they work, then you'll know it's true. The only way that you can prove this stuff is, and it's a scientific model. He's, he's claiming, you know, I'm not claiming um, anything mystical about religion or God. He's trying to take all that stuff and just say, okay, this is what we know. When I do A, B, and C, this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and so, so one of the coolest techniques that comes out of transurfing that is really transformed my life. It's very simple. And I, and I've, um, it's called the wave of fortune. Now, so let me explain, uh, this idea that maybe it'll resonate with you. You, you ever wake up and in the morning you have something just ridiculous happen. You stub your toe. You 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 have the you, you drop your coffee cup. It shatters on the floor. You got it. You got to clean all the coffee up. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something bad happens, right? It's almost like you project out a wave of frustration, and uh, you know, in that moment, it's a big emotional moment. Boom! This this thought energy goes out. And then throughout the day, you have a preceding number of bad things happen. You ever have that bad day? You, you get in your car after you drop the coffee cup and there's a flat tire. Mm-hmm. You have a car accident. Somebody calls you and it's it just like this preceding number. And why are they related? Maybe these energies are related. I don't know. Uh, on like, the wrong side of the bed. We, we have five or six things. Why does it always happen in strings? Uh, people out there are going to try to argue the science behind this. Go ahead. That's fine. But I promise you, whoever is listening has had that happen. You you, you have one thing and then it leads to like a snowball effect where you have all these things happen, right? Right. Yeah. Like a like a big ball of negative energy. or Right. So you can wake up and create a wave of fortune. 
it's it's uh, you 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 choose something and you react the opposite of that dropped coffee. You you go and pet your dog and and it's like, oh my god, this is the greatest dog in the whole world. You blast out something, you know, this something wonderful is happening right now. You choose something to artificially create, right? And then you go through the day and you have these good things start happening to you. Mm-hmm. And you've had good days where you had a string of good things happen to you. But you don't go back and try to, you, you just accept it. Oh, it's just another thing that's randomly happened to me. It's, you know, could it be related to the energy you put out earlier in the day? And it's not requiring a meditation. It's just a, it's try it out. It's the way of fortune. Um, yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think even scientists would even, they wouldn't even entertain the idea at all. What they would say no, is no. this is just all randomness. Random. Yeah. Right, he's saying that some of this can't be really, you know, I mean, I agree. Gotta, yeah, I agree with that because I've had those kinds of things happen where I mean, it, they do come in waves. And I mean, even like uh, death, when you look at like celebrities, usually if one celebrity dies up, you see two more the mm-hmm. next day or two. You know, so it comes in. Imagine the- walking around in this energy of in the, uh, throughout the day. It seems like that you, you, you spread out this energy and then all these good things happen. You have some good thing, you know, you have a great meal. So, you know, yeah, you, you miss all the traffic on the way. It's, it's the weirdest right. thing I, I, I've started to notice. Um, he does get more complicated and, and really discusses synchronicity later in the book when he starts to ex- go through the physics of it. Is are synchronicities caused by us or do we walk into them? And he discusses the, the philosophy behind what that means. Um, and, the, another part of the model that's interesting to consider is, you know, uh, we always see like in these big traumatic events, like, uh, you know, 9-11, people didn't go into the building, um, you know, train accidents. People don't get on the train before it has an accident. They say, oh, I just got this feeling right. and it told me, right? So his argument is that the heart is connected to that information field and it knows in one reality that you were in that plane accident. Now, you may not be in a plane accident this time, but it knows. If you get that little tinge, like something tells you this doesn't feel right, it's literally because your heart is connected to an information field, and it knows the, the a thousand different parallel realities. They don't have to be real or not, but it knows in one of them that this plane crashes. So, you know, once you start listening to your heart more, your heart, it may not, you know, it ha- it, it, it's kind of a guidebook on how to listen to your heart when it's maneuvering through these space of variations. Sure. Um, so, so this would kind of play into maybe the many worlds theory, this idea that there's infinite universes that hold infinite. Right. Um, or is, is that, I mean, how does the actual he, he, physics he work go, with that? Is it just that? He, he tries to make the argument that, uh, that, it doesn't have to be the many worlds theory. Okay. It can be a number of different options. The many worlds theory would say that those those realities are real, physical realities where I can touch stuff and there's another version of me not in this conversation with you. Right. He's he's proposing that even if it's not real, there's an information space that we have access to that has all we we do know that there are future parallel realities because we have free will and choice, right? We Whatever we do, there's going to be a f- number of physical consequences to that action. Sure. So if I, if I, so, and, and everything's going to play out according to that. If I bounce the basketball, it's going to bounce up in a certain way. It's just how it is. Right. Right. So 
our his argument is that we have access to the space of the future variations that are available and and that we can maneuver around these um i personally as i talk about in the book have i had experienced um i had been working on these parallel realities i had experienced a uh a home invasion in my house right uh, where somebody tried you know i woke up and somebody was there and with a gun at me and, and then they pulled the trigger and I shut a porch door and the, and the bullet went through the glass, but it bounced off my back. It was a really traumatic, crazy moment. And then the following day, there was a bunch of different stuff around my environment. I don't know if there were reality shifts or not, but I had objects that I've never seen before in my house. I had friends calling me that had not talked to me, acting me, acting like they had been talking to me all the time, building on the corner lot near my house. Um, it appears out of nowhere that looks old it's not brand new i've run across the lot before but it's there mm-hmm. it's a physical building um am i insane the, my first thing is I, i'm concerned that you know maybe i had some kind of brain damage or i'm insane so i try it, it, am i did i did i shift into another reality um did i you know th- there's the science fiction part of me that wants to believe that. So I'm aware of my bias. My bias is I want to believe. I'm a magical thinker. I, I believe in, in these parallel. I want to believe. And so, you know, I, I'm aware of my bias, but, um, you know, I want to, my, my whole journey was not to disprove it. It was to prove it. So I am aware of my bias in that, in that regard. Um, but in the process, uh, I've had, you know, I think that there is a part of our subconscious or, um, mind and our and our soul that protects us from major changes in realities it doesn't want us to experience these things because it knows that we will go insane and in my case i would have died if i had not you know in my own case my my conclusion was um that i saw these changes because it was a life or death event mm-hmm. like um i ended up in the and and, and i'm just going to have to accept these uh, unusual reality shifts i um i'd found some other books where they talk about these same kind of things, the reality transurfing. Cynthia Sue Larson is a, a physicist that talks about quantum jumps and reality shifting. Um, Bert Goldman, um, the, the, this uh, this guy, and I think he's in his 80s, wrote about jumping through parallel realities and his exploration of it has has a great program on Mind Valley. And Frederick Dotson's book Parallel Reality Parallel Universes of Self is. A wonderful book that explores maneuvering through parallel realities, understanding these things. My book was my own uh, exploration of these concepts of maneuvering through parallel realities in conjunction with the power of the mind and meditation and how I can use these techniques and ideas to achieve goals. And can I, hey, can I become wealthy? If I know that these parallel realities and I know, can I use this to make money? Can mm-hmm. I use this to get more subscribers on my YouTube channel? Can I use this to find love? Uh, can I use this to improve my health? You know, right. um, I, I would theorize that the first time you went through a quantum jump uh, was when you were a kid and you, and, and you, you know, hurt your, you bruised yourself and your mom kissed it to make it better. And then, um, do you think that it instantly healed when you felt better? Or do you think that you were jumping into a, a possibly another reality where you were already better? Um, our bodies, I believe, are maneuvering through multiple fields of reality that um, uh, that we are not aware of. And our understandings of reality are still coming together. Uh, and my proposal is that an aspect of it at least should consider 
that there is an information space of, of various realities that we're maneuvering through. Now, the interesting thing about reality transurfing, he's not as much talking about many worlds, but he is arguing timelines. So the timeline has its own makeup. So if, uh, do you remember a time when you were a kid when, when, when the food tasted better, when the colors were richer? There was a time, there was a time when everything just seemed a little bit better. You, you know, uh, um, that timeline's still been going all along. And he argues that if if you can find that same energy, that you move right back into that timeline, you just don't know it. Um, you uh, uh, And so we're maneuvering through different timelines. He also argues that we get induced and transitioned into timelines with terrible neg- negative energies, particularly when we watch media that has traumatic events. It pulls us and sucks us into negative timelines that that match other bad things that are happening. But it's something I could talk about forever. It's fascinating to me, and I'm still a student. Mm-hmm. Even after I've written this book, I'm still a student. I'm still learning. I'm still taking parts of this theory and throwing it out, and it's an ongoing thing. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely a fascinating topic. Um, I think when you look at what you just described, there's a lot we don't know about um, sure the external world and um for me personally lately i feel like you could kind of go on and on forever with all sorts of external theories on what's out there what does this all mean you know the teleology the study of purpose and um epistemology what do we actually know all that kind of stuff but for me lately, I've been kind of thinking maybe it's time to start looking in more, like inward, um, because yes. I keep searching outward for answers, and it's it just keeps keeps leading me around in different places and things that in and ideas and theories that were very romantic to me only a few months ago are now like ah eh, this is it is what it is we we're not going to be I, able to I get that and that's my same journey too I, I've been looking for stuff on the outside. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it is all, all, at least we can agree that, that everything that we are, um, experience is just through consciousness. I, um, that's my biggest, um, uh, is everything is consciousness. Mm-hmm. No matter what is the reason behind it, we may not know the reasonings behind it, but we maneuver through this daily world and it's all inside of us. It's not on the outside. And once we realize that, like you said, um, it's 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 all inside of us consciousness is within um that's that's neville goddard's argument who i believe was also in his own way talking about maneuvering through parallel realities with techniques that are very similar to these other ones so yeah you can look at a lot of ancient texts too i mean even the bible says the kingdom of god is within you know if you're looking right a lot of eastern mysticism and buddhism and all these things teach you to look inward you know it's less about what's happening externally around you and more about kind of living in the present and um kind of living a virtuous life if you will but my question is yeah let's get to neville goddard a little bit because i don't know a ton about him i've seen a couple of your videos um but why don't you explain who who neville goddard is and his background and um what some of his theories are uh, Neville Goddard's very fascinating, uh, and I started exploring him on my channel. Uh, he was I th- uh, an old, a mystic, I guess you could call him, 
when when you were if you were to walk in in the '60s and listen to him, you would think that he was just a Christian preacher. Mm. But when you under start listening to it, he's not. Um, and 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 it's really amazing and interesting that, that this person was um, giving these speeches back in the in the in the '50s and '60s. I um, he was uh, an uh, an actor uh, um, from Broadway and he made the argument that we are all god that was the, that's the really the fundamental if i wanted to break everything else out he's trying to argue that you are god and that that all of the characters in the bible and jesus christ in the bible there none of them are real they're all states that we are experiencing in our life and the bible is a compilation of different states and so you can get caught up of, oh, this happened, this didn't, he's saying that doesn't matter. The Bible is not a historical document. The Bible is not a, a document outlining what happened. That doesn't matter. Somebody uh, 3,000 years from now is not is not going to care about the history of what happened to Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying that this is a compilation of states and that we are going through all of these states. Uh, he has a I think it's kind of like reincarnation. It gets a little bit unusual, but the idea is that we are going through these set of states that God came down to earth and then purposely forgot and put himself in all of us. There's God is in you. And the word Jesus Christ or God in, in when he mentions it in the Bible is just your human imagination. The concept and the idea is that God is your imagination. When you access your imagination, that's God. Um, and so, uh, when the, you don't necessarily have to believe that part of it, but that when he was talking, he was talking to people in the sixties that were taught about the Bible in the thirties and forties. And so their concept of God and reality creation is going to come from those very old fundamental concepts of the Bible. So one of the things that is when he was teaching this stuff, he was reaching to a certain audience that they're not going to let go of their concepts unless they, he talked about the Bible. But the really powerful thing, the reason that it resonates and so popular on YouTube, Neville Goddard, is he's saying the same thing as reality, transurfing. Don't believe me. You got to test this stuff out. You have to test this out. And if it works, then you know that what I'm saying is there's truth in it. Mm. Uh, And and so he wrote his most famous book is The Feeling is the Secret. And... uh, I do talk about this on my channel and try to linking these, these these ideas together. But when you focus on, um, it's kind of fundamentally hard. If hey, um, you want to own a private jet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Who doesn't? And so, <laughs> but the hard thing is, you don't know what that feels like. Like that's the why. Why doesn't everybody have a private jet? Because most people don't really know what that feels like. And when when I say feeling, that that means everything. The, that means that you already have a memory of buying the jet. That you've been through this process. When you're sitting in the jet, you know the feeling of sitting in the chair of the jet. You know the feeling of the pilot coming in and talking to you about the jet, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Neville Goddard was this actor that was really good at creating um, states where he believed this reality was, even if it wasn't. And so he would be proposed if you can if you can uh, forget about your reality that you're in now, and enter into a reality and then believe it and come from it, then you're going to see that reality in your life. And m- m- thousands of people have seen 
similar occurrences. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest one of his techniques to try, you don't need to believe all the biblical stuff because I get that. And I say that on my program. Don't worry. I'm, you know, I'll start citing Bible passages by reading one of his lectures. Um, and people will flip it off. And that's how I was initially turned off by Neville Goddard because I don't really want to sit. Um, but if you go to bed tonight and you lay down in bed and when, when you close your eyes, imagine you're not in your bed, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine that you're laying in a hotel room in floor, in Maui, right? And if you were to do this and feel the sheets and and and, and, and even imagine the, the palm trees outside and the temperature in the room and that you get really good at it, feeling that, that, that bed that you're in and even where is your house? Like imagine, you know, when you're laying in bed, you, you have a direction in your, like a GPS, like my, my house is in Chicago is in this direction, right? Right, right. Right. If you, if you just like let go and the reason that people maybe not are successful because it's hard to let go of your reality but if you while you go to sleep and and then you let go and you imagine this and if you do this on a regular basis particularly the feeling part then you're going to have some weird thing a bridge of incidents occur somebody next thing you know you're going to be in in um hawaii Mm. right um you don't have to believe me i'm saying i'm telling people right now try it give it a shot I have created meditations to help this because sometimes the hard thing is is for people is letting go of their current reality, right? Sure. Uh, that's why we're all stuck in what whatever realities we are because we um, absolutely take our environment around us. But that, that that was what Neville Goddard was talking about, and uh, so it, he was also an incredible wordsmith, Shakespearean in in many ways in the stories and and things that he gave. And, you know, sometimes I'm reading his stuff going, this is just mind blowing. Some of the stuff, some of his, his lectures and especially, uh, he had this, he could, so the story is for Neville Goddard is that I think in the thirties, he meets this Ethiopian that had studied the Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's another way to read the Bible. When you read it in Hebrew, each of the letters is a number, right? So it they there's a way of reading the Bible that they they would teach as I, I interviewed Aaron Tomlinson um, an expert on the Bible they would teach this other way of reading the Bible numerically but one to two people it's it, pretty difficult to teach it's like so, Maurice's favorite movie Pie yeah, yeah I was just gonna say that right it's so Neville Goddard learned this technique <laughs> of reading the Bible from Abdullah sure. and Abdullah taught this uh, the, it's called the Law of Assumption he. Neville Goddard was never talking about the law of attraction. He never uses the word law of attraction. His idea was that we are we, we the law of assumption. If you assume that something is happening now and real, uh, then then it will happen. Mm-hmm. That's his argument with the law of assumption. Uh, but he would use in, in in he was quoting and treating the Bible using the 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 Hebrew. Um, description for instance 40 days and 40 nights i just read a lecture and he was describing how uh, a completely different interpretation of 40 days and 40 nights by using the numerical interpretation when you read neville goddard he has the bible memorized and will give you the exact part he'll say ephesians 4 4 he'll he but when you read um the interesting thing i have another lecture israel regardi was good friends with neville goddard Israel, if you don't know who Israel Regardi, he was good friends with Alistair Crowley. Mm. Um, and so when you read the, the, the essay on Neville Goddard, 
uh, he had come from Rosicrucians. Uh, he had been a, a Rosicrucian. He studied the Kabbalah. Um, there is something to his techniques. You will get out of it what you want. Uh, is the best thing I can say. But if you were to simplify it, he was teaching that the the imagination has power. The imagination um, is more than you think. And so let me give you this. Do you think that when you have an idea, some cool song that comes up for you, I know you like music. Um, do you think that just came up in your brain tissue? This idea that just just popped up in neurons in your brain? You're, or you, what you're talking about like maybe I have a good idea and at that time there's a song that's familiar or that I like. Or, or when so you imagine something, when you create something, do you think that it's all just coming from, from your brain? Or do you think... Our ideas oh, come you're from saying outside. Like, if I write a song, is that what you're saying? Yeah. If, if, I'm just saying when you create anything, okay. do you think it's just coming um, from... Well, it, it comes obviously from the mind or from thought. Now, I mean, I could... You know, I see what you're saying. Like, does it... Is it coming... Are you channeling... Is your mind a conduit? Not channeling, but yeah. Is it? Are right. you... Are you taking in data from the universe and processing it in a right. certain way. I, I, I think that's a good question. I don't personally right. um, know. I, I know we're talking about realities and different realities. I'll say this. Since I have OCD, I know what it's like to live without OCD and what it's like to live with OCD. And OCD is like an ever pervading or prevailing right. thought pattern that happens that you just have to keep kind of chipping away right. at. Um, so, for me, when I look at the most true thing I've ever read in terms of how to help yourself with anxiety and depression and this reality, this day-to-day -day consciousness kind of a thing, was mm -hmm. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, Absolutely. And the way he describes everything, if you were to give that book to, to people with severe OCD or anxiety and depression and stuff like that, I think most people would come away saying this is true about how I think about these things or how I approach these mm -hmm. things. So when you're talking about different realities, um, I think that there's something to that in regards of, um, like I said, I knew what it was like to, to have it and not have it and not having it, you know, when I was younger and a kid and I, my family was religious and stuff, you, you live in this reality where you think, Oh, I'm a, I'm going to be a good person, which I am. And, uh, mm -hmm. when I get, uh, to be a certain age, I'm going to die. And when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And that's your reality. Right. And, and I believed that as a kid. And obviously when you get older, you start to question things, but it's interesting to think about, um, these different paradigms that we go through. Are we living in this one, like you said, bubble of a reality and then slowly maybe we gain some sort of knowledge or have some sort of pivotal turning point and then it switches to this whole other reality now right. so like you know we've i'm sure you've had this with the spiritual awakening or um insights or paradigm shifts and this is probably why you wrote your book and obviously your incident that you had with the home invasion um was there a difference would you say in your life before the home invasion and then after um or is that you know pre-home invasion i had gone through my awakening okay so i was susceptible and aware of that stuff okay but the question is, when you're daydreaming, if you imagine something cool happened, like, hey, you're going to move into this house, and your mind goes through a whole scenario, walking through the house with your kids, and, you know, where is that coming from? And and so Neville Goddard is arguing that that is not, that that's God. 
Okay. Like when you're imagining and daydreaming some scenario and so it all the all that plays out in your mind, it's not it's not just neurons firing in your brain that you're actually that's God wants to create. God is here um, and he's imagine imagining and that his argument fundamentally is that imagination is when we're connected to God. God wants us to use our imagination. When we use our imagination, there's power behind it. Um, and so the argument, he go, he takes it to the extreme, right? Like if I imagine, like if I'm imagining for someone else, uh, I can imagine for someone else, I can imagine someone else gets a new car and then, and then I'll get a new car. Neville Goddard says you, you get gain even more power with your imagination when you start imagining for other people. And if you imagine for other people, cause he's saying we're all God. So fundamentally he's saying we're all the one, one person. That split out. So if I imagine something bad for you, I'm imagining something bad for me. Sure. Right. Because you're me. So he's he's also making the argument. It, it, try imagining for other people. You see somebody on the curb. You give them a, a dollar that that you know that hey I need some money. But also imagine them you know for a brief moment um, getting a job or mm -hmm. something like that. Right. Uh, I, I've started to uh, imagine for other people in, in a similar vein, you know, um, and I've seen things happen. Uh, I've had uh, you know, somebody in my group say, I, I lost my suitcase, you know, when I was at the, and I and imagined and, and um, you know, there's always a coincidence. You're always going to say, oh, that's not real. That's, that's what Neville says. You'll have people always de deny um, that whatever you imagined is not true. And that's fine. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, but we are. Um, it's interesting to to consider and can and explore um, these ideas because the imagination is pretty amazing if it is just happening inside of you know our brain inside of our body. I don't believe it is. I think it's non-local, and um, there might be more to it. Um, Neville Goddard was talking in the seventies. The really interesting thing is, I would like to go and make a movie as the as an old screenwriter about Neville Goddard. Because he's talking about astral travel, bilocating, seeing his family and you know uh, thousands of miles away in the moment. What time like, frame are we talking about? Like when was all this happening? He was really just, his speeches were fifty eight through seventy two. Okay, most of them were nineteen fifty eight through seventy two. Um, uh, but he was making the argument that he had had a, a group of dreams like they, they get, you read the earlier lectures and, and they're pretty inspiring. Hey, you, you, you can create your reality. And then something happens <laughs> like 1969 or 70. And then he's saying he's had these dreams and events where he knows that, uh, he knows for sure that he is God and it's his responsibility to tell everybody about your, that, Hey, you're God too. And, uh, it's going to happen for everybody. You're going to have this group of dreams that are going to awaken you to, to the fact that you are God. And, and then I don't have to go back and relive this life anymore. I'm just going to join back with God. That's when it gets a little bit weird with Neville Goddard. <laughs> so, right. uh, but, but it's, uh, as somebody just, uh, you know, I'm reading it like a book. It's like a novel. As I read his lectures, they get more and more interesting. So, <laughs> I mean, that idea though, isn't, you know, it's, it's been around for a while, right? I mean, uh, you right. look at even like Gnosticism, uh, this idea that there's one true God that was this thing called forethought, um, mm -hmm. which is interesting based on what we're talking about, and that right. from there, part of that forethought emanated without its counterpart, uh, which was Sophia, um, and then Sophia uh, created this 
inferior uh, replication of God called Yaldo Oath, and then Yaldo Oath created us, which was right. some sort of flawed replication of some true divine uh, realm. Uh, and then you look at, you know, we, you know, we talked about the Urantia papers a couple times. Right. Urantia papers talk about how we all have this one divine spark or piece of God within us. Right. A lot of religious texts talk about that too. So these ideas have been around for a while, but yeah, he's trying to take it in like the, the metaphysical direction where he's actually trying to explain maybe what's going on. Like you mentioned, right. um, uh, with the, uh, the, which is it Vadim Zeelander? Is that or Zeeland? Right. Now Zeeland is making this Urantia. I was argument. thinking for yeah, some reason yeah. I was thinking uh, uh, Zoolander when I see. <laughs> I said Z- Z- Zeeland is making the uh, the Urantia argument that we have a spark of God inside of us, right? Which is he's saying that our heart is God. Imagine if God's just been hiding out in us with every beat of our heart. It's right. kind of a cool idea. It's like we're not God, but this little, the, the, but God's right there. And so, if we can align with this God in our heart, then you know anything's possible. Which is interesting, because then you start to watch Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he's just trying to scientifically get your, the heart coherence with the brain, like looking at brain waves and heart at the same time. And mm-hmm. once they in, are in sync, then we have greater power and we, we see our goals ac- accomplished. And so when you go to one of his conferences, it's all about heart, mind coherence. Um, so, so there could be, you know, I don't know if Neville Goddard right or drive, but there's something going on and, and we're, and it's fun to explore this stuff. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, and here's the thing too, is like God, when we say God, I don't think we even, we're not talking about some no, we're, bearded Zeus concept. archetype. Yeah. It's, it's, it's maybe some sort of energy or primordial right. force or something that we can't right. even fathom, you know? And I think that um, that's where people get lost on this stuff is they've been trained to, to hear right. God or Jesus or whatever and then immediately think, oh, this is nonsense because there was this narrative built around it where um, maybe it was geared towards more of the... Um, nonsense aspects of it as opposed to looking at it for what it is which is some sort of ancient truth or allegory or something along those lines where you could still implement it into your life but right it doesn't mean that you know that but there's, it does there's a guy sitting in- on a throne on a cloud right. or something like that it's not some dude that's just wa- listening to our every thoughts on a throne the whole time um but it is interesting when you hear neville goddard talk about you know uh, adam and eve like mm-hmm. the serpent is us the serpent is the kundalini awakening in all of us. Uh, it's an interesting um, translation or concept of that allegory. Right. He's saying that the Genesis ends in the coffin in Egypt, which is God dying on purpose and becoming all of us to go through this process. I could see that. You know, if I was God, it'd get boring after, you know, a few trillion years. It'd be you'd kind of want to. Hey, I want to just forget that I'm God for a little while. I mean, it's only a little while. I'm gonna go and live as many possible lives as I possibly can, good or bad, because right. I've 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 lived infinitely, 
And, you know, it'll all come back eventually. I could see my, I, I get that, you know, if I'm God. Yeah, see what hey, they create. Yeah. I want, you know, it's been boring. I've been doing this for a while. I've created planets and go sell it. I'd really like to live a life without knowing that I'm God for a little while. So. Right. Well, if, <laughs> are, but, you a pro, are you a proponent of the Urantia papers? Do you we talk, get into that stuff? We talked about it. He's read we, it. We talked about it. I, I, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, when I read the Law of One, uh, I think there's truth in both Urantia and Law of One. Law of One is saying that there may have been with the Urantia papers, uh, they may have had uh, that they were written by people from the inner planes on Earth, and so they may have had their own agenda when in, in proposing this. It may be based on some truth, but based around an agenda of some kind. The same uh -huh. with the Law of One. I think there's truth in both of them. Um, but the people in the inner planes uh, or the spirits on the inner planes of the earth may have had an agenda. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Th that's the thing. Um, when I'm reading parts of the Urantia, it's so well written. You can't deny it. it right. Even if it's not true, it's like, damn, well, this is a good writer. And that's, there's something. Yeah, yeah, I know. You just hit the nail on the head. Even if it, that you don't, I don't look at these things anymore as if they're true or not true. I mean, yeah, right. you can look at a book that's a physical book that has an archaeological record and say, okay, this was written by somebody in this physical world. But these concepts and these ideas, I don't, I don't look at them anymore as if like the Bible's true or not, or this is true or not, because whether it's true or not, what you're reading, if it makes sense and has some sort of value to you, it doesn't matter. Right. It, do it doesn't. Um, it's really fun because at the old science fiction part of me to imagine the Urantia, all the different huge planets as they go, yeah. you know, that all these, uh -huh. the, that is so much fun to think about. Well, visualizing, so I, exciting I do that all the time with any, anytime I have like a thought or like an yeah. idea or whatever, I always try and visualize it in my head. Um, I'm okay. just a visual person though. In that sense, I learn better visually. I'm just very, uh, geared towards that stuff. Um, when you I recommend a series on Gaia that is bringing that? the law of one um, initiation by Matthias De Stefano. Okay, dude is dude is twenty one years old, right? Mm -hmm. He says he's accessed the Akashic record and remembers past lives to all the way to another planet, and is explaining how the universe came into being and all the stuff that we're talking about is a part of it. I mean, he's he's explaining um, sacred geometries as a part of the way that the soul creates itself mm -hmm. and why planets are, are round and suns are around. And, and it all is fitting in to the Urantia and to the law of one idea. It's really interesting. So, <laughs> I mean, and my only other thing with that is um, I think you have to, when you look at these things too, you're, look, you're reading or listening or um, learning about somebody else's experience, which every time there You're may only... be yeah but there may be truth in there is my point but it's truth to that person as whereas when you read it you might have a different interpretation or a different visualization or some other thing so ideas are kind of very you know they vary from person to person and i think that um just because somebody describes something in a certain way or explains something in a certain way doesn't mean that that's going to be true for everybody and to your right. point your point about uh, everybody's God. I mean, I've talked about that before. I mean, that's um, what was the uh, our purpose of life episode, or what's I forget what, what the title is called. But um, and I explain my theory of the purpose of life is to create, to create music, to create to other create, people, to create to use your imagination. And right? to that yeah. point, I talk about 
if we are all God, that would make sense because you want all of these different branches of individuality and creativity. Like you said, if you're, if everything's one, even to like the Eastern philosophy side of things, mm-hmm. there's something probably very lucrative about there being all this vari- variability in, in different, yes. um, branching out of, of different, uh, creativity, whether, like I said, art, music, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, but I just have that part of me and I, I can feel it with you guys. I just want to know, <laughs> I want to know, I want to know, I want to, I want somebody do. to, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I accept it. I, I want to know, man. Come I, on. I don't think we will. Um, I think I yeah. get these glimpses of like a moment of enlightenment or something like that. And then it's just a fleeting glimpse right. and then it's just back into this reality. I, I, I've come to terms with the fact that I don't think I'll ever know, but I'm still going to try. Um, and I think that's probably true for you and a lot of other people. Um, so it's, it's a, the process of it is fun. Um, there's something depressing about it at times too. Um, like I said, I try and in the beginning of the episode, I I describe it, but I try and balance these things out because I want to look at the hard science of it because I want to know if there's any markers or indicators for these other concepts that are happening, maybe out of our peer view or purview, that's what I'm trying to do. So I yeah. think sometimes when you, when I get a little bit more skeptical or I go on these couple weeks run, couple week runs where we do episodes where, you know, I feel a little bit like maybe more science, this is all there is, you know? So I, I, well, I do- uh, the book that I'm recommending that you read that I know that will interest you that it will get, um, is, uh, the case against reality by Donald Hoffman. Okay. So he is proposing that the mistake scientifically that we're making when we try to find the smallest, uh, you know, what's the smallest form? You know, uh, is it an atom? Do we go to the electron? It's mm-hmm. uh, we're taking consciousness out of it. What is the smallest unit of consciousness? When right. we look at a a, a a rock or something like that, we we want to look at the smallest unit of consciousness, and then w- imagine what the human body really is. It's just a very limited uh, way of reading a small group of energies. Mm-hmm. We only think of our experience of living as, okay, We our eyes see an energy. Our ears detect the vibrations of an energy. We can smell an energy. We only have five senses, right? It's this tiny little, we're, we're caught in this, in this almost, uh, imagine we're uh, in, in, a, in a suit, and we're only we only and we have five energy detectors. We can taste it, we can smell it, we can hear it, we can see it. Um, but there's so many other things going on, and we would not even be able to survive according if we had access to all these others. We're limited on an evolutionary basis to these um, as a, on a matter of survival to these small selected group. And and ones that try to explore out of it don't survive. His argument it's an evolutionary thing, mm. but um, uh, we but the reality that we're aware of is so limited, so so small, just because of this small. Even what we think, um, that that book was eye opening to me too. Is that it's it's consciousness that we're looking at. It's consciousness that we're evaluating, and we're just really um, nothing more like than an icon on a computer desk. Um, that runs a software program that really is a, 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 a receiving only a small amount of information. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, even uh, I think it was the Sir Roger Pemrose episode with Joe Rogan where he talks about how there's two kind of two unconsciousness. There's two schools of thought. 
within that kind of a community, more of the materialist academic types, you know, they definitely think that consciousness is a byproduct of brain function. Um, and then you've got some that do believe that particles itself, maybe photons, um, uh, which are light particles might be conscious too. And that's what we're experiencing something along right. those lines, or maybe the, the formation of some of these particles arrive at a certain formation where they create consciousness, something like that. Um, so I do think, uh, like you said, when you look at what what do we know, what do we don't know, we talk about it all the time. We don't know it. We don't know shit. Yeah. And a hundred years from now, cool, we're going to be idiots. Uh, Two hundred years from now, and then a thousand years from now, we're going to look like uh, chimpanzees. So, wouldn't it be cool though if we're moving up levels of consciousness, like we're in a classroom? This oh, is just that yeah. as we read Law of One and Neville Goddard, and wouldn't it be cool if uh, you know the next level we we move up to a higher level of being that has you know that can read minds and travel and and and, then, and as we move up levels of consciousness, we inevitably become planets and stars and galaxies. You know, all yeah, that of sounds it. like the uh, some of the Rudolf Steiner stuff I was reading. Right. Um, imagine that that uh, that every star that becomes a black hole forms its own universe. And that was a living conscious being that started as nothing more than a molecule and grew over time. And maybe every single one of us go over time when we start out and we become insects and animals. And oh, I'm, I, that's just, that, that's just another cool thought that, you know, yeah, no, that, yeah. that there, there are actually peep theories and actual scientists that have speculated maybe, planets are consciousness because they all have unique characteristics that are yeah. specific to them so like that's earth, the law of one argument is so, that, that the planets yeah. are conscious right and, and that the earth um but there's actual scientists that believe this too that the yeah. earth um the, our specific characteristic is the wobble or the you know the fact that we experience precession of the equinox mm-hmm. um so uh yeah these are super you know crazy things to think about for sure and most people don't but um i do think that there's something important that can be gained from learning about these things and uh, Mm -hmm. thinking about them and um it seems like even you uh okay so i would say that your thinking behind this is right to a certain extent i'm definitely um i'm definitely how do i want to say this i believe that Putting, you know, putting energy out in the world and getting it back in certain ways is not woo-woo at all. I think that that's how it's the not universe, woo-woo. That's how the you universe works. You can say it is, but and that's it, just working to your detriment if you think that's woo-woo. And you're, because, a very, you're a very positive person, and I look at some of the videos that you make. You know, I know you do, like, guided meditation and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. a lot of the other videos where you're interviewing people or you're talking about a specific person, uh, you have mm-hmm. a very positive and um, optimistic outlook on it. And I think that, I, I if, do. and you, you look at, okay, so I know a lot of YouTubers. I know a lot of other people that do podcasts. Your channel's probably grown faster than anybody I've, you know, besides somebody having some like cat video that blows up and you get 10 right. million followers yeah. the, next, <laughs> the next day. <laughs> but I, I would say that, you know, this stuff definitely works. And I'm not saying that you haven't put in the work or done the research. You've definitely yeah. done all that. But the fact that this is, you're, you're manifesting your reality um, by thinking this way. So uh, there's obviously something to that, in my opinion. And I think we all Absolutely. try and do that on certain levels in our life, but maybe some people aren't conscious of it. Well, I, right now I'm, um, I'm on a little experiment with what we talked about. Um, just, 
I call it the wonderful 21. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a meditation where I, uh, something wonderful is happening to me now. It's like one of, uh, I, I have a meditation where I kind of repeat that in the morning and then, um, isn't it wonderful? Another meditation and then a, and a, a sleep meditation where I, something wonderful is happening to me now. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, everything is wonderful all the time <laughs> around every corner. I'm looking for something wonderful to happen. Uh, the people I meet that are wonderful, it, wonderful has become like this energy. It, that's just an example. It's just one thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, what I'm telling people that are listening to this uh, episode is that treat reality like it's a game and have fun with it because you can create an, a really rich and wonderful reality. And it's so easy, especially now, watch TV and let these fears overtake you. The government's bad. The you know the the politics are, are are terrible. It's scary. There's wars. It's so easy to get sucked into this very negative uh, reality. And how much does that really affect you? Accept your own attitude. And then when you start to accept that, you start to see it around mm -hmm. every corner. Just like I tried. I said I was seeing the wonderful around every corner. You start to see the despair and sadness and sickness all around every corner. Um, so the biggest thing, the hardest thing is that, that it's so easy to get stuck into what's going on in the world. It really is. Uh, and as a result, what you see going on around the world ends up happening in your life because that's what you're focusing on all, all right. the time. Uh, and so uh, instead of looking for what's wrong, start looking for what's wonderful. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's, it's a big thing. I'm not Mr. Positive my whole life. Mm. It, it took me to learn this. Uh, you know, I used to be an alcoholic. I used to to have incredible anxiety, still do sometimes, you know, uh, uh, and fear. Uh, and all of that stuff would always make it worse. It always would make right. it worse, you know. Uh, and so a lot of what I'm going through now is looking back and saying, okay, well, what was going on before is the result of this. So if I, if I change the way I'm thinking and acting and um, the people that I hang around with, then my life will change. And I've seen that. Um, I think that everybody has their own journey and it's always going to be a little bit different. But I can only say that in my own life, uh, I've, I've – I've been able to create things, not without somebody investing money in me or something. Just um, amazing, miraculous things have happened by a shift in my thinking. You know, so do you find? Uh, is there a difference to you between imagining and praying? You know, I read a really cool. I've been reading some Edgar Casey. Check out my episode on Edgar Casey where he interprets the Book of Revelations. Mm. We love Pretty. Casey, so we well, Edgar will. Casey is saying the Book of Revelations is about opening your chakras. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, we've done some but, episodes uh, on him and like his history, his but background. He explains that there's, you know, there's meditation and there's prayer, and they're both different. Meditation is silence, going in and and not thinking that moment of silence, the letting go. And prayer is basically what we're talking about, manifesting. Prayer is not saying, "Oh, please do this for me, God." It's imagining the reality that you want. That is how he defines prayer. And that, to me, is my newest form of prayer. Neville Goddard is, is explaining what real prayer is. It's not, please, please, please do this for It's imagining that it's happening in the moment. That's my prayer. Yeah, yeah. That is the power of prayer, because that has true faith in it. That's me saying, it's going to happen. It's happening now. 
and I'm feeling it as if it's happening, knowing that it's going to happen, but not even knowing it's happening now. That to me is prayer. And that once I started to see that and I, you know, ask anybody else to try it. Um, to Maurice's point though, I want to, I want to say though, I think what most people think about as prayer is what you just said. Oh, please God, uh, you know, right, that, give me a I new job or please God, you know, do this for me or do that for me. So I think right. that even when you, when you say the word prayer, that's what people think. If you're from a right. different culture, maybe there's less right. um, uh, dog, dog, uh, dogmatic dog, thinking, dog. yeah, behind it or whatever. But for the most part, that's what most people I will think still about. ask God verbally out loud for things, but but it's different now than it used to be for me. Uh, your, because your intense different, probably right. Uh, well, I still will do it just in case. God, <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, hey, yeah, I need yeah. this. But you know, I'm I'm not I'm going to do it just in case. Sure. But um, but I have felt like God has uh has appreciated my hey God wants to answer my prayer, but I'm not being very specific. Oh, please help me. Okay, well, how how can I help you? Imagine something for me, and I'll see if I what I can do. That, that's kind yeah. of my my levels of prayer has have gone to a point where God was pushing me to use my imagination in my prayer. Mm. And so my my journey through prayer has been that it has been uh, because I I've always prayed we all have um, but it's written I, I've learned a lot about prayer from Neville Goddard sure that's one yeah yeah uh, again these these topics are really fascinating to think about and and these are yeah. ones that are the the good thing or the cool thing about this topic or these topics is that you can implement these in your life and actually see if they work or not. As where yes. theorizing about the beginning of the universe or where this all comes from or where it's all going or whatever is just that. It's speculation. Even on a So here's one I want to talk to you about. Maybe because okay. you, you have a lot of knowledge. And I've, I've asked almost all my uh, interviews that are into reality transurfing. Um, so after the reality transurfing book, Vadim Zeeland writes a a crazy book. You have to read it. It's unlike any book that you've ever read. I can't, I don't know what to make. Maybe it's channeled. Hmm. Uh, he's not really claiming it's channeled. It's called Tufti the Priestess. And it's all written from the perspective of this Tufti the Priestess, a former priestess in, in the, um, and she's explaining that, um, you know, we create our reality, that we're dreaming all the time, that we're dreaming when we dream, right? We're dreaming now. It's still, it's a different form of dream, but we're dreaming. And that it's very much like becoming lucid in our awaking state, becoming aware that most of the time, all the time, we're just following a script. Everything is a bunch of scripts. And there's a movie role that we're in. Right now, you and we're just, it, it, it's all going to come out. This There's a movie role that we're following. He, <laughs> Tufti the Priestess has this argument for something called the the plate or plat. I don't know the correct pronunciation. Um, I've done research and I've found references to the Bindu chakra, but it's in the back of the head. Neville Goddard refers to the back of the head multiple times in his mm -hmm. lectures. So it's interesting to see the synchronicity. But it's like a, an ima like um, imagine like in Avatar when they plug him in and mm -hmm. there's a cord to the back of your head he's saying that you feel it between your shoulders and your back when you awaken this plat we all have like this um it, it's like a if you somebody were to cut off your arm and you'd still feel it sure and um, mm -hmm. we have this imaginary part that's still that w it, that he's saying when you awaken it then you add your visualizations into the plat it's like you're loading up a new film okay. in your reality sounds crazy it sounds crazy so um 
a bunch of people have started applying this and have started feeling it. Start, they start feeling it. Now, that could be because their mind is able to create the sensation. Sure. But they've started um, adding. Have you ever heard of a reference of an energy point? Now, Carlos Castaneda talks about an assemblage point. Right. Um, which is where, where I think that Zealand is getting it from, talking about Toll, Texas. Have you heard of anything like that? So initially what you were describing sounded like um, Vedanta or Vedic philosophy. Uh, when you were talking about, um, you know, what was going on. And then when you got to the chakra part, I actually don't know a ton about chakras personally. Right. It's not that this I don't. This is not a sh- chakra, but it could be. Right, but it's, it's not even that I believe or don't believe in that. I just think that if you're talking about metaphysical things, then it's, it's a metaphysical thing. When you start trying to implement them into materiality or the material world or the material realm, um, I have nothing against that, but I think that then you, you're in the realm of science, so then you have to take it right. for what it is, which is science, if that makes sense. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah. But what you for initially were describing did sound like um, the wake, you know, the person you're always dreaming, that that whole concept. Right. That That's, you know, when you start talking about Eastern philosophy and, like, the waker and, the, you know, the sleeper, like, all those different things, that's what that reminds me of. So there might be something to it. Um, and a lot of that stuff uh, probably came from the Vedas, I would imagine, because they're the, right. some of the most ancient I think there texts. is something to it or it wouldn't have continued so long. Well, a, a, lot of, a lot of transurfing uh, is uh, intention, mm-hmm. the understanding of what intention is, choosing... Uh, uh, but but the key to ex- understanding intention, Zeeland says, is becoming lucid in your dreaming state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, looking at your hands, looking at a mirror, um, and then continuously asking yourself when you're awake, am I dreaming? And then when you enter into the state, you become aware that you're in a script. And then you can load up any script. Um, imagine if we are in a matrix and we're plugged in and then we feel an, a, 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 you know, artificial limb on the back of our head and it's cause we're sitting in a spaceship somewhere and we're just going through, uh, you know, a dream state, uh, while we are traveling from one <laughs> solar system right. to another, right? I mean, you know, my head's about to explode. <laughs> like right now we're on some interstellar starship traveling from one galaxy to another. And what we think right now is our reality is we're, we're plugged in, right? Um, and that's why if we focus on that particular area, we can upload a new software program or um, movie scene as we sit and dream in our eternal state of sleepness, sleep um, while we're on this starship. No, <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting when you break things down like that too, right? Like we're on this um, this giant, you know, circular rock hurling through um, space right. at a rapid speed, uh, and <laughs> we're just like these particles that are, or you know, that are formed with all these different other chemicals and uh hormones and all these things if when you start to break it down it's like we are we are basically living breathing magic the fact that we're here talking about this through this technology um and what we're made of we're just particles vibrating at a certain certain frequency it's just when you break it down like that it just it sounds it does sound like science fiction um it is truly wonderful though yeah it's true And, and i think that that's 
that's what's refreshing about you know channels like yours and i'm excited to read more of your book and stuff like that um so i don't know i don't know what to think you know and we could all be wrong right now we could have no concept of what reality actually is and i've thought all about we can do is yeah. test it yeah, yeah all we can do that is what zealand and goddard are saying is don't go by the theory of it experiment and test it and prove it for yourself take some of these techniques and ideas and try it out right try these meditations right. try these techniques all that we can do we will never know the truth all that we can do is is test these things out and when when we see proof then we can then we have a better idea and we can continue to test that's all that we can really ever do we'll never know the truth one more right. question i um have for you would be do you think um as i mentioned do you think that if you're going to implement these things that you treat them for what they are as this connection to the metaphysical um because like and i also mentioned that when you bring these concepts into reality and implement them, there's still no way of really quantifying. Yeah, you could say maybe you get results or something like that, but that's still no, there's no way to quantify that. Just like there's no way to quantify a mother's right. love for her child or, right. um, you know, you can't quantify love altogether. Yeah, or so. like right. matters of the heart or matters of the mind, things like that. There's no way to really quantify those um, in certain ways. So do you think that, we approach these things and and go to the to the metaphysical and treat it like that or do you think that maybe in the future there will be some way to quantify these theories in reality i i think that we are moving towards uh, a better understanding maybe not proof with quantum computing and advances in quantum physics that we're going to understand some of these concepts, I do dedicate a chapter on quantum mechanics to see how they're trying. It's really hard for people to try some of these techniques and ideas without having that, we, that, that there's that doubter that's in all of us mm -hmm. that's going to say, I need to know how this works. I, I'm that person too, you know. Uh, I'm that person. Once I have some way of wrapping, okay, this is what's actually happening, even though it might not be, then, then these things start occurring um, better. Uh, or more efficiently or faster. So uh, there's that part of us that wants to understand, mm -hmm. but we can still do these things without understanding. And that's when you read the Reality Transurfing book, I'm telling you, when you read this book, you're going to find it, it, everybody that reads it is blown away. It has, it's uh, really well written and, and masterful. That's what he's arguing is that we'll never know. Mm -hmm. We'll never know or have a way to truly test this stuff out. So he's taking it from a physicist, experimental, step-by-step -step basis. Okay, this is if this is how we act and this is what we do, and if these things come up, um, then you should have success. It is proven when you do these things that they are successful. And so what I'm looking at is what works. Um, I know I want to have a, some concept to wrap my mind around, but I know that deep down I'll never truly understand it all. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, but I'm drawn to people like Vadim Zeeland that will explain to me, this is kind of how it works. This is the, the physics behind it. We don't know for sure. It could be one or the other, but if you do these things, they will work. So, I mean, yeah, that make yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And, and science is the same way. Like I mentioned, what we know true today will be altered or changed in the future. So our idea of gravity today is going to probably be different than our gravity 
our idea of gravity hundreds of years or a thousand years from now, just like it is. We still don't really New- understand gravity. Well, that's yeah, the thing that's in- we look don't at, look at Newton's gravity, and then look at right. what you know we know now. Look at Einstein's theories, and you and then you say, okay, so then what's the next step? I mean, I think we had uh, we had uh, Brian Keating on, who was a physicist who was up for, uh, or a cosmologist who was up for a. Um, He's amazing. The the Nobel Prize, um, his team. Uh, for a telescope and an experiment he designed. Um, and uh, that whole thing ended up not going the way that they needed it to go. They mm-hmm. had to re- retract some of their stuff. But th- um, he was describing that gravity now is waves and that they are like remnants of the Big Bang. They're probably the first um, signs, of you know, and that's what they're looking for right now is to prove that as where I think gravity, uh, gravitrons, that's what we think of, uh, or that's what was thought right. of is that there are these particles and they don't know exactly, um, what was going on. So again, these are just scientific ideas that are right. evolving just like other ideas. And there might be ways to quantify them in this realm, but you, you know, there's, it's hard to quantify something, uh, as, um, metaphysical of some of the stuff that we're talking about so it's interesting when i think about the big bang you know sean carroll's trying to argue that there is no big bang um but it's uh when i think about the big bang the more i think about as a a thought you know the law of one is around this idea the whole universe is around it's like one one thought exploded outward and we see it it looks like an explosion but it's like what we're seeing is just this thought right um i don't know i don't know if that's true but i do have I recommend anybody that wants to, I have a Big Bang meditation where you can astrally travel to the Big Bang and put your wishes and desires into the Big Bang and let the universe work 13 trillion years to help you achieve whatever you want. That's fun. Okay. <laughs> to, yeah, your guided meditation, right? sometime, uh, sometimes I listen to them before I fall asleep because I listen to either that or one of my favorite frequencies, which would be like 528 or 432, right. something along those lines. But uh yeah, check out uh, Brian's guided meditations on his channel and um, his podcast, The Reality Revolution. Is there anything else you want to plug? When's your When does your book come out? March thirty first, and that'll be available Beautiful. on uh, all platforms. It should be available everywhere on all platforms. Okay, and I will. Um, excited. I'll have an, a book on Audible. So, actually, nice. Did you do the? That, so. Did you record the voice? I for did. That? Nice. I, uh, they, they were going to have someone else record it. I was like, come on, give me a chance. Oh, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you got a good voice. So, uh, I like yeah. that. Like the tone. I've of your actually voice. done some other books on the channel. So yeah, okay. um, but uh, you know, uh, I, I'm. I, I'm excited to explore this stuff. It's it's exciting and fun. Um, ultimately, I want to help other people because I know that feeling of hopelessness. I know that feeling where I want to give up. I, if you read the book, there's a definite part of my life. Uh, you know, my uh, ex went with her first love and I lost my kids and I'm drinking heavily and uh, I have a pool in the backyard and I want to jump in and not come out. Mm-hmm. I, I and, and I know that feeling. I feel that, and I've been there. And there's this world is easily to um, to lose all hope. And even if the stuff in my book is not real or scientifically true, I promise. My goal is I want to you know to use this stuff to help you out. And uh, you know if you're out there and you think it's hopeless, it's it's not. You don't need you know any money. You don't. I don't care where you live or what country that you're in. All it takes is a thought. 
and that mm-hmm. single thought and, and, and a continuing procession of thoughts can change your life. And that is true. People are proving it every day. You don't even know. You don't even need to prove the science behind it. You can mm-hmm. let go. And um, there are things that you can do to change your life. That to me is I want to help people out because I've been there. I know that helplessness. I know it. It's it's and I um I don't care about selling the book. I I care about um getting the idea to people that uh wherever you're at, the, it all hope is not lost. There are alternatives, and you can change your world. I don't care how hard it is or terrible it is. You can change your world and and see real incredible change happen in your life if you go within and and change the way you think. No, that's I, the biggest thing that I, I've learned. Message. Yeah, that's a amazing message, and um, I just want to point out the mind is a powerful thing. So it doesn't it, really it doesn't even matter if those things that you're talking about are true or not, because there's this thing called the placebo effect. And if you yeah. believe something enough, and you know you start to manifest it, if you start to manifest it, other good things happen, and before you know it, you're off and running. And um, all it took was just kind of a change in, in thought pattern kind of a thing. Well, so. What if everything, let me let me propose an idea. What if everything is true? What if everything that we believe is true? What if everything is, there's no fiction. All the ideas have truth. I think about that too. Yeah, that's, that's. And what if, what if every single fictional novel that you read becomes real? I mean, somebody puts their human imagination. There's some planet where there's Star Trek's happening or Star Wars is happening. There's a battle between the Jedi and everything. What if everything is true? Right. Every single belief, even if they contradict, that's pretty cool to, to consider, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, and where does where do some of these crazy thoughts even come from? I mean, I think where do stuff they come all the time, from? I think stuff all the time where I know I've never seen this place or experienced this thing or whatever. Right. So where did I get this idea or where, how was I able to mm-hmm. construct this in my mind? So, um, yeah, it's this all this stuff's crazy, but uh, <laughs> well, let's wrap it up well, there. I, think, I wanted to say I think oh, okay. Edgar Allan Poe's that story about what, those guys that ate each other on the boat that actually did become real. It did. No, we're seeing examples. When we talked about the Wuhan virus earlier, what if that was created because the author wrote that? Frederick Dotson in my oh, interview you mean with the, him said... the Dean Koontz passage? Right, the yeah. Dean Koontz thing. Well, it's not a conspiracy. What if What if his imagination led to that? Um, we see it all the time. Authors say all the time they have stuff they write that happens. It doesn't necessarily have to be happening on this planet. But I, what if, I mean, so what I say to people is take responsibility for what you imagine. Mm-hmm. Seriously, what right. you imagine, take responsibility for it and imagine lovingly and good things. What if everything that's happening in the world, uh, you know, wars, you see, when we, we look back and talk about the depression, people aren't talking about, oh, that terrible time when the economy was really struggling. No, it's the depression. Right. It's a state and of mind when, that everybody was in. Right. When people look back on that, that lived through it, it they don't say, oh, it was just a struggle financially. No, it was a mental mindset that took over mm-hmm. the entire world. Um, and For so, sure. you know, even Neville Goddard says, what what's happening in, in some country could just be the result of someone's imagination. And there's a really incredible uh, lecture that I read that I recommend, Believe It In, um, when we talk about our country, that you know, the United States. Um, Neville Goddard argues that um, we have this country because we believed it in. Mm-hmm. That if we, if we take responsibility for our imagination and all the crazy stuff happening in the world, uh, all, all of the different fights with different political parties, 
That's because our imagination is running rampant and we're in a time, I personally believe, when what we imagine is becoming real faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really believe there's a reality revolution. That's where that comes from, the idea that what we are seeing our thoughts come and become things faster. Well, maybe in the 60s, it would take a year for your thought to become real, and now it takes weeks, right? Right. And and people mm-hmm. are running rampant with crazy imaginations right now and not knowing their power. What if we're living in a time like X-Men where everybody's thoughts you know, like are becoming more real? Well, and we're living in a rampant imagination where all this – so now that we know it, that is my thing is take responsibility for what you're imagining. Let's imagine – even if it's not real, something incredible. We can come together and imagine peace and love for everybody. And and what do we have to lose by doing it? No, right? that's that's a great point. And um, we should all try and think along those lines. And I think you're right about the whole um, mob mindset kind of a thing in terms of um, you get people, you get enough people panicked or worried or focused on a certain topic Um it magnifies the situation, but also if you look at like the internet and the ability to communicate with people across the world, Absolutely. communicate with people, tons of people at one time, put out a video, get a million views, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Um, the fact that that's even possible, I think is connecting more people. So you do have more of this energy being funneled into certain ways, whether it be positive or negative or um, cre- right. creating certain, um, effects if you will so i do yeah i think that that's possible i don't if you're talking about energy and putting it out in the world i don't see why that would be any different and if a politician is evoking fear he should take responsibility I mean, they for all that they, they all do bro so they all that's do, why we right? don't even so that's what? why we don't talk about politics on here that that was the whole point right. that's <laughs> that's actually why we started the podcast i'm like i cannot no longer look at facebook look at twitter right. look at any of you these know. things look at the tv or the news i can't look at anything it's so depressing it's so divisive everybody's pissed off at each other yeah. i feel like i was just this like outsider like an alien looking down like what the fuck is going on here you well know, like- it, it, me too and then the, the discussion of pendulums was a big game changer for me 2016 i'm the dude on facebook that is gonna <laughs> try to argue with everybody when they're wrong i'm gonna go on and say no you're wrong this right. article you know i was the dude that instantly responded i used to do that with sports my- is what that's what i used to do right yeah. yeah i put my energy i gave my energy it took and these are pendulums they they do not care about you and if you fight it or if you support it you're still giving your energy to it mm-hmm Right? right, and it's energy that you can use to create, to imagine, to do all these things. So that was my big realization: was it doesn't matter if I'm right. Imagine, I'm giving my energy to it. Imagine if all and, these people that were thinking along these this binary thinking or this toxic thinking or whatever it may toxic be. Imagine if thinking. they then took the, the took and, and created their own reality or their own creativity and, and did something good with that energy, as yes. opposed to. You know, so I get your point, and and I think that that's a a, um, a good way to look at it. Is like let's think about positive things for other people. Let's create, um, and and again, I'll go back to this idea that I think our sole purpose is to create. So instead of fighting about shit online, create a podcast, create a TV show, create write a book, mm-hmm. whatever, do something. You know, put some yeah. sort of value out there into the world as opposed to just arguing 
with some. Yeah, so when am I, I going to interview you guys for your book? <laughs> You're going to uh, come on my show, right? You're yeah. going to be writing a book soon, right? Come on, man. I actually yeah. have started. Well, I wrote. I started writing one book on psychedelics, which I don't know how long that's going to take because it's a lot of research and stuff. And I, I was there where you were at, and so just don't let that get you down. Just I'm also working on an OCD book in my journey with OCD and um, paradigm shifts and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I am working on a couple things. I don't know how long it's going to take. It's probably going to take a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely do need to put my thoughts out there, I think, and, and create, um, some of this stuff. And I think I do have, I think I, I think I have something to offer people that have had terrible anxiety disorders and OCD. Cause it is one of the OCD is like one of these helpless things where literally your mind is controlling you to think a certain way, which you know, deep down not to be true right. but you can't do anything about it because it's a compul- it's a pattern of thinking it's a pattern yeah. of thought thinking it's a compulsion um so i think that it's just like your mind gets this in this big tangled you know ball of wool or yarn or something like that and you have to slowly start to like unravel have you ever like had a controller cord or something where you're sitting there for 20 minutes trying to yeah um so it, it's, but you it could be your uh, it could to your advantage too I've have friends that that have OCD that have used it. Oh, I do. Yeah, to get stuff done. I and do, do that. You yeah. know, way. Yeah, you you got to focus on it. something that's positive. That's if you get OCD true. about something that's like a like a money maker for you, right? Then, <laughs> then you're going to make more. You know, so right? Well, that's that, one. Yeah. You know, it's hard though, it, and I will say it's a daily yeah. struggle. And I mean, I do CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. That's the big been the biggest help for have me. You tried EFT with it. Uh, I have tried EFT with a, a different uh, therapist, and it, it didn't do any. Didn't Maybe I didn't do it enough or something. I don't know. I tried hypnotherapy. That had some effect, but I, I don't know. I, maybe I didn't do that one enough either. But is uh, it an energy when you have the OCD? Do you feel it in your body as an energy, or is it just it, a straight mental process? It's an emotion. It's it's an emotional mind process. Um, okay. And what I would say though is that. From doing CBT, I I personally don't take you know medication. I'm not against it if it helps you. I'm this my th- world of thinking has always been whatever helps you be a better person mentally, whether it's uh, just being happy or being content, whatever the case may be. There's right. some people that are so bad or have it so bad that maybe they need the medication or the medication helps or whatever. I personally didn't react well with me. I'm not against it. Um, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, anti, you know, it, again, it's whatever works. For me, I found that the occasional macro dose of psilocybin was far more beneficial. Yes. Um, and Yes, uh, for OCD, that, it really is. And that yeah. combined with the psychological um, st- standpoint, which would be the cognitive behavioral therapy, I think those two things hand-to-hand um, worked worked uh well or has worked well for me so far um again it's whatever works for you it's nice to have more options on the table so when people talk about psychedelics and mental health i'm a big advocate for it because i think why not have more tools in the drawer in case you need them or you want to try it or maybe you're resistant to other types of therapies um so yeah i think that i i have a lot to offer as far as insight into this topic and i see people struggling on forums and Facebook and, and it's just tough to watch. And, and I know, um, I know that, uh, I've been there myself, like, as you mentioned with your, you know, issues that you've had with addiction and stuff like that, mm-hmm. when you've experienced these things, I think, and you can come out of it, I think you do have something valid and tangible to offer to the world in terms of wisdom or maybe even a couple 
points that somebody can take and run with or inspiring somebody or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate all of, you know, your work and your positivity. And um, I think uh, it makes me want to believe even more. Uh, not that I don't, but, you know, talking to you helps me, uh, again, cu- the pendulum thing. You know, I'm, I was at the skeptical end of things and I'm swinging back over to the, uh, the middle or maybe towards the believer end of things. And I want to keep that um, going. And I think ultimately that'll lead towards something, but uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Check out Brian's book, the reality revolution. We've got the link down below. It'll be on all uh, platforms. Check out his podcast and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, That's it. Thanks a lot. I always appreciate you guys. Oh, for sure. We love having you on. Yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime. Um, and you can check us out at, uh, patreon.com uh slash mike and maurice for two dollars a month you'll get exclusive uh content interviews and videos uh you can check us out at our website at uh we are on all podcast platforms if you're listening on itunes please subscribe and leave us a nice review if you will um and uh that's it so thank you again cheers, cheers. have a good one peace